0: Welcome to Empowered by Hope, a new podcast where we share our insights, optimism, and enthusiasm for medicine and all its possibilities. In each episode, we'll dive into the health and medical topics that matter most to you, our listeners, right here in Orange County, California. And welcome back. Today, we are talking about back and neck pain, and we are joined by Dr. Barack Osgar. He is a neurosurgeon at Hogue. Doctor, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Okay. I know this is a question you get a lot. This is kind of a broad question, but I guess what are some of the more common causes of back and neck pain?
1: Uh, there, There are many, just aging, degeneration, wear and tear of our discs and our joints of our spine creates a lot of back and neck pain. We develop arthritis in our joints of our spine just like in our hips, knees, ankles. And so uh, that develops into back and neck pain. So when the pain happens, now the next question becomes,
0: at what point do I come seek care, seek a professional like yourself versus
1: doing some at-home things or just trying to tough it out, so to speak? Generally, I think we start with just treating ourselves with over-the-counter pain medications, Advil, Tylenol, Motrin, and that's perfectly fine because most of the time it goes away by itself anyways. So give it a few days, give it a weekend, and it improves most of the time. If it doesn't, then you you call your primary care doctor, talk to them, and they usually take care of the rest. But if they find something unusual or it's not going away or they find a a, a deficit like a weakness or something like that, then they may send you to a specialist like myself. So let's transition the conversation now into,
0: I guess, increases in cases, or have you seen a change in common cases of back and neck pain since so many people have started working from home compared to the way things were before the pandemic?
1: We have actually. A lot of people working at home, home office, or working on the kitchen table, or yeah. working in bed, their necks are kind of slumped forward, they're in an awkward position. Uh, working on their laptops or on their cell phones, yeah, we've seen that posture is not right, and people are just kind of propping themselves up on a pillow. And uh, over time, we can definitely create uh, a bad position for a neck or a lower back, creating pain. So I don't know if it's different
0: for everybody. But how long before bad posture becomes a significant back or neck issue?
1: I guess it, it kind of depends on the person. If if you're young and in good shape, it probably mm. you can tolerate it for a while, but uh, older patients probably deteriorate a little bit faster and they'll, they'll feel the aches and the pains sooner. And then when we're talking about these, these
0: work from home scenarios, and you're exactly right. I didn't even think about that where, okay, suddenly my kitchen table is now my office and it's not as prepped as maybe my office is to be comfortable for six to eight hours a day. But is there some sort of uh, rhyme or reason behind how long you're sitting before something starts to create back and neck pain? Again, I know it's probably different for everybody, but is there a recommended period of time?
1: Yeah, I think that's pretty variable as well. Again, I think if you're younger, you can probably put up with it a little bit longer. But generally, I'd say if you're working for more than half an hour or so, it's probably good to get up, walk around, stretch your feet. And then as far as
0: recommending chairs or you know you see that okay sit on a medicine ball while you are are, are these myths or are these are these good for your back what are some of the things you would recommend if somebody is working from home and probably shouldn't be sitting at in the kitchen chair for four hours or more
1: yeah generally having more support is better so low back support uh a a, a very soft couch for example may not be the best place to work Similar to people ask the same question when it comes to sleep. Mm. What kind of mattress, a soft mattress, hard mattress? Generally, a firmer mattress is better. And similarly, a, a more supportive chair would be better for most people as well.
0: Why the soft couch? Why is the soft I'm thinking of, I'm doing it right now. I'm picturing myself in my soft couch with my laptop. And yeah, it's comfortable.
1: But yeah. is that, that where is that causing or creating back issues? Uh, generally, it's it's not conducive to kind of having your laptop or having uh, papers or a desk in addition to kind of lounging in your couch or in a soft chair. Uh, So when you kind of sink into that chair, it sounds like it's comfortable. Uh It is actually comfortable, of course, but it's not the best position to actually... Get work done.
0: All right, I've got some homework to do. Then I've got <laughs> so I got some things to change. Let's talk
1: about the opposite of working
0: from home. When we're we're commuting to work, um, we're sitting in our cars. That's probably the other thing that you know we might be commuting for an hour or more. Um, what kind of issues can be can be caused by that?
1: Yeah, similarly, I think our, our car chairs are also or seats are usually maybe not optimized mm. for being in there for a long period of time. You know, there's a v- variety of seats, right? There, there's the high seats, uh, like in a SUV, or there's the sports seats, uh, kind of a bucket seat. There's kind of su- such a variation, and our body shapes are all very different. Sometimes not well contoured. So if you're going for a short drive, short commute, it's probably not a big deal. But uh, in LA and Orange County traffic, sometimes we're sitting there for hours, and and yeah, all of our backs will hurt, and sometimes we feel it down our legs too. And I've got to imagine, you know, in your line of work, uh, you you
0: get a lot of people. All, I think it's all ages, right? That are, or do you see a, a specific age group come to you more often than not? Or is it yes? I can have back
1: issues in my twenties, the same as I can in my seventies or eighties. Yeah, we really do see it in all ages, yeah. but the the cause and the treatment may be different for each age. Oh, can you, can you elaborate a little more? Now I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, a, a younger person will probably see who's maybe got into a sport over the weekend that they didn't prepare for. Uh-huh. We all think we're, um, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm going to play tackle football this weekend in, exactly. in my 40s. Yeah. Or take up something you new know, and never played p- pickleball. But yeah, everybody's yeah. playing pickleball, so I'll try it this weekend. But none of us love to stretch and warm mm-hmm. up, so we just get right into it. So we're prone to some of those uh, types of injuries. Uh, on the other hand, somebody a lot older may not be in, in the best of shape, and so they may also kind of wear down their their joints, and including the spinal joints as well, and create back and neck pain as well. So I heard you talk about
0: stretching. Any other preventative tips you might have, maybe not even for the, the weakened warrior, so to speak, but maybe I'm going to go work at my kitchen table for the next four hours.
1: What should I do before I sit down? Yeah, I think it's it's good to kind of think about the posture and think about that you're going to be working on some project or be sitting in that position for a long period of time and kind of take take breaks, get up, move around, walk. Um, that, it's generally a good idea. I think there's no real set time frame, but I think it's good to kind of just change the body circulation, get up, move, bend uh, in different positions uh, every so often.
0: So if I do get to the point, as you mentioned earlier, where I, I need to seek care,
1: what's the primary benefit of seeking out a neurosurgeon, as your title insists? Yeah, so my my position as a surgeon is really to take care of surgical problems. And I love to do that. And uh, the good news is most people don't need surgery, so they don't need me. They need basically a well- a well-working team. Like at the Hogue Spine Center, we have a comprehensive multidisciplinary team. That means we have different specialists, surgeons, non-surgeons, pain doctors, sports medicine doctors, neurologists, that we all work together. And so the majority of people don't need to go all the way to a surgeon because most problems don't need to be treated with surgery. But we're there if, if the patient needs us. Most patients just need to be educated on kind of what's causing the problem we need a diagnosis, and then we need a a team approach to helping treat patients, treat their pain, and get them back on their feet. So as the neurosurgeon, though, you're able to meet their needs at the highest level if that becomes the, the case. That's right, so if a patient does need surgery, we make a diagnosis, we identify the source of the problem, and if we failed conservative options, and we need to go to the surgical option, then uh, my job is then to identify that and how can we treat this least invasively. So that means through a small incision, oftentimes through a microscope and try to solve the problem surgically rather than uh, through an old traditional mm-hmm. incision. Well,
0: some great information there. You've been listening to Dr. Barack Osger. He is a neurosurgeon and director of the Hoag Spine Center and has been practicing at Hoag Spine Center for 13 years. He is double board certified by the American Board of Neurological Surgery and the American Board of Spine Surgery. Dr. Osger specializes in minimally invasive surgical techniques for common degenerative and complex disorders of the spine, including tumors, scoliosis, and trauma. He earned his medical degree from the University of Vermont College of Medicine and completed his neurosurgery residency, as well as combined orthopedic surgery neurosurgery spine fellowship at the university of california san diego medical center doctor thanks for being here today thank you for having me and we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time thank you for listening to the empowered by Hogue podcast if you haven't already please remember to like comment and review and subscribe to catch all our future episodes for more information on hoag or to book an appointment visit hoag.org That's H-O-A-G dot
1: org.